pray, church. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for blessing us with your word. We thank you that your word is truth. We thank you, Father, that your word never changes. Your word was the same yesterday, today, and forever, just as you are. Father, your word has great power to go forth and to restore people, to heal people, to reconcile people. Father, we receive all that you have for us today because your word says that you make all things work together for our good. Father, bless us under your word today. Bless the people that you have here at this appointed time, Father, as you always do. God, open their eyes to your grace, your favor, your love for them. That they would walk out of here with great power, knowing that they are loved richly. Father, we receive it in Jesus' name. Let the church say, amen. <laughs> Sometimes you just know. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just know. I know. I know right now. Y'all want to know what the, the mother, the mother, the mother of all blessings. Wouldn't that be good to know? Well, it's righteousness. If you don't have righteousness, you don't deserve any blessings. But because you have been judged righteous by God, by your Father, because of the work of Jesus, you sit right where you are, you stand right where you are, justified. And it's only because of the blood of Jesus. Now that'll trip people up, because a lot of times we think, man, we've got to do some things in order to be justified by God. But you can't do anything. Your only contribution to the cross was your sin. He did all the work. So that all we have to do is say thank you. That's all we get to do. The moment you start trying to tap yourself on the back saying, look what I did. That is what the Bible calls a curse. And you can either have the curse or the blessings. I want to be in the blessing boat. I want you to know. Whatever boat Jesus steps into is blessed. Ask Peter. Peter said, hey, let me step into your boat. He had two boat choices. He stepped into Peter's boat. Peter's boat was blessed. Amen? I don't even own a boat. I'm blessed. Because I'm a vessel. A good looking one, too. I'm glad y'all did it quick because I'd have been here all day waiting for it, boy. All right, let's go into okay, Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Now, I grew up thinking obeying the truth was, man, you had to obey what God said or else, right? And so I want you to see in the context that's not at all what it's saying. In fact, Satan had twisted that thing so much in my life, it held me in bondage for a long time in the church. There's a lot of people in the church in bondage. They're in bondage because they're under the curse and they don't even realize it. We have been set free. If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Free from what? Free from what? That's the question. Oh, we're free from sin. We're going to heaven. No, you're free from the law. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. So the question is, do you believe? If you believe, then Christ is the end. Say end. You know what it means in, uh, in, in Greek? It means the end. It ain't that hard, people. The end. Right? When you get to the end of something, what does that mean? It's the end. If I get to the end of my car payment, I'm not going back the next month and saying, hey, let me pay for it again. I'm just used to it. They're going to be like, dude, you're an idiot. Amen? It's paid for. To tell a star. That's what it means. It's paid for. He redeemed you. He bought you back. 
you couldn't do it. And that should be good news. You'd think that's the message that everybody would hear. That's just the first sentence. <laughs> Woo! All right, obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. So what do you, many people say, I believe in Jesus, but what about Jesus do you believe? There's a lot of people who believe Jesus was, was a prophet. There's a lot of people that believe Jesus was a son of God. But what about him? People say, hey, man, you need to obey Jesus. You need to obey the letters in red because Jesus said those. You know what I say? Jesus wrote the whole Bible. Man put that color font in there. Amen? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Is that how you receive the Holy Spirit? By doing what's right? No, no one can. No one can. People say, hey, do you, do you believe in the Ten Commandments? Yes, I do. Don't you think people should know them? Uh, if you want to, but I'm not under the Ten Commandments. In other words, <clears throat> listen, I believe the Ten Commandments are holy. God made them. But I believe that what Christ did when the Bible says he's the end of the law for righteousness, that that means we're not justified by keeping the law anymore. We're justified by what Christ did for us. Only one person could keep it. And he did it. He did it perfectly for you. God knew we couldn't do it. God hates sin. He hates sin. Right? And so we all back to think, well, if he hates sin, I got some sin in me. He must be me, right? That's not what he's saying. He hates sin so much that he sent the only one who could take it for you. And he took it. It's done. Now, does that make you want to go out and sin? No, man. When you understand his love for you, that, that, that desire to sin will go away. See, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repent. Repent is to change your mind. So people say, no, that's not true. I got to beat people down. I got to make sure they take that Marine thing, right? You want to beat them down so low that they, you have to build them back up. And a lot of pastors will do that from the stage. That's the exact opposite of the gospel. You don't need to be beat down. You need to be told how much you're loved in spite of your sin. That'll change your mind. Amen? <clears throat> Are we in the third sentence yet? Whew. By the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? That's us. Oh, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Paul's telling the Galatians, hey, why are you going back to the law? Why? Why are you trying to be made perfect by the flesh? When you see flesh, I want you to think self-effort. That's what it means, self-effort. You're trying to be justified by the law. Paul's like, man, you guys are fools. Why are you trying to go back to that? When Christ clearly was crucified for us, right? Uh, spirit having been made perfect in the flesh. Have you suffered so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, whenever you see a therefore, find out why it's therefore. Amen. Therefore, because of all that we just read, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you. Who works miracles among you? People say, man, I, 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 that was a miracle. Well, it's Jesus working in you. You can't do it by yourself. You can't just go heal people by yourself. Let me tell you something. It's Jesus working in you. When Dwayne was praying over me and he mentioned the hymn, I felt in my spirit touch the hem of his jeans. I touched the hem of his jeans. Look at this. Do I look dead? Do I look like I'm in pain? 
No, and I give the glory to God. But I'm going to tell you, Dwayne didn't do it by himself. It was the spirit in him testifying to my spirit, the same spirit, and now this is the result. Manifested. Amen? Um, works miracles money. Does he do it by the works of the law? No, Jesus didn't do it by the works of the law. He wasn't even under law. He wrote the law. All right? Uh, or by the hearing of faith. There's doing with your eyes, and then there's hearing of faith. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Abraham. I want you to think about Abraham. It was count Genesis 15. It was God uh, called him righteous. God justified Abraham. All right. What did Abraham do? Why did God pronounce him righteous? Why? Was he perfect? Nope. He lied. He lied twice about his wife. He said, that's my sister, bro. Right? And a king took her. Remember that story? And he had a good reason for lying. He didn't want to die. Right? He justified it. He said, take her. She's my sister. She's like, when I get back, I'm going to bust short. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's how it would go down today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stay right there, Abe. I'm coming back for you. <laughs> Anybody else read the Bible like that? <laughs> Galatians 3:10. For as many are for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. Uh, read that again, church. If you're under the works of the law, you are under a curse. Paul called the works of the law. Paul called the Ten Commandments the, the, the ministry of death, the ministry of condemnation. That's what it was designed to do. It was designed to let people know they can't do it. They need God. They need him to send somebody that can do it for them. They, the, the purpose of the law is to let everybody know right then and there they're sinners. And they need a Savior. That was the purpose of the law. Do we have a Savior? Yeah, we do. Are we waiting on a Savior? No, it's done. Amen? All right, curses everyone, everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. People will take that part out of this whole thing. Say, hey, man, you got to do all the laws. You got to keep them all. Can anybody in this room right now stand up and give me all ten in a row perfectly? No, why is that? Think about the spirit. Think about the spirit realm. Can anybody in this room, how many people, you don't have to do it, but how many people, raise your hand if you can stand up right now and quote to me John 3, 16. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? Which one do you think God wants you to be able to say more? The Ten Commandments or the one about the love of God and about the truth of Jesus coming in spite of our sin, right? That, think about that. That's a spiritual thing. God doesn't want us to be able to memorize the ministry of death and condemnation. That stuff will come as fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. If you want somebody to keep the law, get them set free from the law. And then inside it will become a fruit. It won't be a work of the flesh. It will be a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Next time you go to, to a buffet, some of y'all need to be saying that. I'm right there with you. Just because it says all you can eat doesn't mean you should eat it all. 
That's a hard one, right? People don't talk about that. They talk about the big sins. Yeah, right? The big sins. That brother cussed somebody out in the street. I saw it. That brother was out there drinking. He was out there partying. Man, I saw all that, man. He can't be in the church. Meanwhile, you got a 700-pound pastor up here. <laughs> Seriously. And it's not banging on him. It's like people, see, when you're under the law, when you're under the law, you start to judge sins, right? Like, like there's a felony sin, misdemeanor sin, right? No, sin is sin to God. But when you're under law, you get to pick and choose stuff. That's what the Pharisees did. Mm-hmm. Don't be emailing me about, uh, look, I wasn't thinking of anybody when I said that. <laughs> it just came out that way. It, that was for somebody. Not here. <laughs> Whew, Romans 9, check this out. What shall we say then that the, the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, they, they have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. Gentiles got the righteousness. Gentiles, non-Jews have attained to righteousness. How? It's by faith, just by believing. Look, but Israel, pursuing the law, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Paul's like, why? Why is that? Why? Why can non-Jews attain righteousness from God, who's holy, and, and, and Jews can't do it? Because they're trying to do it by the law of righteousness. You can't be holy. You can't be justified by the law. You can only be justified by faith that Christ did it for you. Right? Why? Why? He's like, bye, bye. <laughs> Jewish. Bye. <laughs> Lucky for us, Paul answers it. Because they did not seek it by faith. But as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. What is the stumbling stone? It's Jesus. But here's the question. Here's an even deeper. Go one further. Go one further, right? What about, oh, let me go to this right here. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 4 through 6. Uh, I, will I will set, because uh, this is where it comes from. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. Think about that. God says in those eyes, after that, man, when the blessing comes, I'm going to set up shepherds that will feed the flock, not beat the flock. There's too many churches where people are being beat down. They're telling, you, you got to stop doing this. you got to stop doing this. And, and I'm like, I can't. I'm trying. But the more I try, the more I fail. Paul said the more I try to keep the law, the more I broke it. Amen? And so, so we got to understand that it, it, Jesus has set up shepherds in the church that feed the flock. And they shall fear no more. What happens when you know that you're greatly loved, that you've been given the gift of righteousness? There will be no more fear in your life. Bert told me about that this morning, man. He used to fear all the time. But not anymore. Do we have a residue of it? Yes. Is it controlling 90% of what we do? No. We're breaking free from that. I'm breaking free. Soaring, flying. Are you recording that? We're going to have to edit that part out, girl. <laughs> Little high school musical lesson for you. I'm almost 50. Soaring on the wings of eagles, baby. I, you know what I'm saying? I got that. My youth is being restored. Ask my wife. 
Look, so you, you'll fear no more. This is what happens when you know you're right. You'll fear no more, and nor shall there be lacking. Nor shall there be lacking, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. That's Jesus, right? A, a king, a king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Has he done that? Yes. He defeated death. He judged Satan to be dead. His works are dead. He has no more control over you. He is a defeated foe. No teeth. He's a loudmouthed lion. All he's going to do is gum you to death. That's annoying. That's what he is. It's not that you're afraid. It's he's, he's annoying. But he's been dropped on his head. Stomped on. Jesus gave him PhD. Permanent head damage. Boom. Ooh, boy. Verse 6, in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name. This is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. It's not about your righteousness. It's about him being your righteousness. You have no righteousness. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. But not when Jesus put that robe of righteousness on you. Because now God sees you as righteous apart from your works. Because Jesus is your righteousness. His righteousness is on me. That's what we say because that's the truth. When you want to testify, you testify to God's word. Not somebody else's word. God's word. Amen? Where's that beach ball? No, I don't. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll be knocking down tiles. Whew. Okay, Romans 5. <laughs> Therefore, as, as through one man's, as though one man's uh, offense, judgment came to all men. That's Adam. Adam sinned. Everybody became sinners at that point, right? Everybody did. Uh, came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men. Because of Jesus. So what Jesus did is greater than what Adam did. Some people will say, man, you, can, you, can, uh, you can't be a saint when you're a sinner just by doing a good thing. You can't. You can't just because you open up a door for a lady doesn't mean you're a saint. You're still a sinner. And then you think about Christ coming because Christ is much more. Christ is the second Adam, the better Adam, the greater Adam. Christ came and, and gave you righteousness, and now you have that same mindset. I'm righteous now, but one sin, I can lose my righteousness. No. no. Doing one thing right, you couldn't lose your sinfulness. But now that you're righteous, doing one thing wrong doesn't make you lose your righteousness. You're saying what Adam did was greater than what Jesus did. That's a lie from hell. That's that annoying cat. Getting in your head. He's defeated. Tell him so. Say, get behind me. That's all you got to do. Get behind me. Get, when he's talking behind you, he's just annoying, man. You just keep on trucking. The, the Lord has laid out a path. You follow your path. You don't follow a path by looking backwards. Amen. Amen. Whew. I feel alive. Y'all feel alive? 
The word is life. All right, so righteous act pregave to all justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. One man's obedience, not your obedience, one man's obedience. Jesus was the only one that could be perfectly obedient to God. The only one. And he came and did that for us. If you've been living a life where you're trying to be obedient all the time, Stop trying and start resting. When you start resting, it becomes a fruit. When you're working, 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 man, it is a work of the flesh. And you can't do it. The more I try, the more tired I got. And I just gave up. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of being fake. But the moment I realized who I was, then power, great power came out. And people were being set free as I was being set free. I'm still being set free today. I still see these things. I'm like, wow. And Satan still comes up behind me, man, and says, hey, what about this? I'm like, hey, shut up. You're dead, dude. You are in hell. That's your end of the story. Don't try to change it. You can't change it. And by the way, what happened to your forehead? Oh, somebody stepped on it. Seriously, don't be afraid. Don't, don't talk to the devil. Talk to Jesus. I'm being funny, but you talk to Jesus. Satan's defeated. If he comes to you, say, go talk to my Savior. This is what Charles Spurgeon said. Because people say, hey, man, you got to still be holy. You still got to do this. You still got to keep the law. Charles Spurgeon said this. There is no one more holy than someone who knows they are righteous by faith. Because when you know you're righteous by faith, you know that Christ becomes your holiness. But if you're locked down in religion, if you're locked down under the law, in bondage, it's hard to see that. Because then you put it back on yourself. You feel like you got a lifetime of sins that needs to be made up for in the church. And, and, and I'll volunteer here, I'll volunteer there. man. And God never called you to do those things. And, and, and God will bless them, but not like he would if it was where he called you to be. I never wanted to be a pastor. I never, because I didn't, I'm like, man, these cats do a background check. <laughs> I even, they're like, Troy, we want you to be a pastor. I'm like, bro, have y'all done a background check? Y'all still want me to be a pastor? Listen, God can use anybody at any time. Because you know what? This gift that God has given me is not mine. He gave it to me. He gave it to me. Everything I went through growing up, man, everything I went through, every story I went through, good or bad, God made it work today. That's how he does every single one of you. I'm no different than you. What he does is he uses everything that happens in your life for your benefit and to bless others. That's what a testimony is. There is no testimony without a test, as Pastor Dwayne likes to say. And that's the truth, man. We go through some hard times, but people need to see that somebody got through it and how they got through it, that the Lord sustained them through it. Whew. All right, Romans 9, 30. What shall we say then the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, right? Even the righteousness of faith. But Israel pursuing the law, this is good to know, church. Don't ever forget this, man. They tried to do it by the law. They couldn't do it. They have not attained 
uh, to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. So this is where I was going earlier. What is this stumbling stone? It goes, verse 33, as it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and, and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Listen to that. If you believe in Jesus, you will not be put to shame. Not, not on social media, not in the, in the realm of churches, not anywhere you won't be put to shame. Why? Because, man, you have put your trust in the Lord, that he is your righteousness. Now, the Jews didn't believe that. So how is he a stumbling stone to the Jews? What about Jesus is a stumbling stone? That he's their righteousness. That whole chapter that we just read there is about righteousness. And what he's saying is, is Jesus is our righteousness, and that causes people to stumble. They still think they have to do things in order to be loved by God, blessed by God. If I hear one more time that God will bless you when you're obedient. Think about a couple of scriptures. Christ died for us, yet while we were still obedient, so being disobedient. So the greatest blessing ever came while we were being disobedient. While we didn't deserve it. What makes us think that we're only going to be blessed now because we're obedient? By the way, anybody completely obedient? Nope. Some of y'all can just, I know. I got my own stories about you. You know what I'm saying? So, I, hey, listen, none of us are perfect. But there is someone who represents us that's perfect. And when you believe that, when you believe that he is your righteousness, well, now, now you're not looking at your past because your past doesn't determine your future. Now you can be used because you're resting in the fact that he is your righteousness. And I, and I believe this chapter, this verse right here, because, man, I've been hammered. Pastor Dwayne, man, people talk about us sometimes about, about what we're preaching, that Christ is our righteousness. And yes, that's all we need to know. And then we'll live the life that God called us to live. You, know, you want to be obedient, you can't demand obedience. you got to show them obedience. And God did that when he sent his son, Jesus. Where was Jesus obedient? The Bible says he was obedient to the point of death. So when Christ was on the cross, he was no more, ever was he more obedient than when he was hanging on the cross for us. And he chose that. He chose it. Why? Because he loves us. He knew nobody else could do it. He could have looked in that cup, in that garden, went back up, said, let's just start over again, pops. Kill them all. Save six of them. <laughs> Honestly. But did he? No. He looked in the cup, saw his bride, thought they were worth it, thought you were worth it, marched to the cross, let him hang them up there, and he was obedient right there. But it's because he loves you. It's not because he, he, he wanted you to be perfect. He knew you couldn't. That's why he came. Amen. People say you got to be perfect now because Christ did it. No, that's not how it works. He was perfect. He's my righteousness. And because of his love, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to rest right where I am and let him tell me where to go. Because when you're all confused in your head, you don't know where God wants you to go. You start trying things. Maybe God wants me to go over here. I used to think God wanted me to be a, a, a youth pastor. Can you imagine? 
parents would be like, I am not sending my kid to that cat. <laughs> right? That's not where God wanted me. I thought maybe God wanted to be a missionary in Hawaii. I'm still praying about it. <laughs> it might happen. They need good churches over there. Right? I thought maybe that was it. But see, that's me not resting and waiting upon the Lord. That's me trying to tell God, hey, that's what I'm going to do for you. I owe you. Right? You don't, owe, you, don't, you don't owe God anything. That's the beauty of it. He loved you so much, he gave you Jesus. It, the Bible calls it a free gift. And it might be free to us, but it costs God his son. That's why we don't take it for granted. That's why I love him more, because I know what he did for me. When I didn't deserve it, that's what love is. Love is loving you when you don't deserve it. When I don't deserve it and Kelly loves me, it breaks me. You know why? Because I know I don't deserve it. And then I think, she don't deserve this either. <laughs> but look what God did for her. <laughs> Y'all laughing because you know that's not the case, right? So what kind of belief in Jesus? you got to believe that he's your righteousness. That's the bottom line. Look at this, Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54 comes after Isaiah 53. I'm just saying, 53, 54. Is that too hard for anybody to understand? Isaiah 53 is all about the sufferings of Jesus. It's all about him taking our place. Some people say, Jesus wasn't pretty. It says in the Bible. Where does it say that? Isaiah 53. You know why? Because he was taking your place. He was hanging on a cross. That's why. The Bible says he's altogether lovely. He's the most beautiful person to ever walk this planet. Don't try to tell me he's ugly. Amen? The only time it says that is in Isaiah 53 when he was taking our place. He was being beaten for us. Amen? So Jesus is beautiful. Beautiful. But Isaiah 53 is all about his sufferings. Isaiah 54 is what happened after the cross. I've done a message where I preached on Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 54. It's before the cross and after the cross. Amen? You think that's by coincidence? It's like that in scripture? No, it's not. So Isaiah 53 is about the suffering. Here comes some blessings for you because of the fact he's alive now. Amen? All your children shall be taught by the Lord. Say amen. amen. Not taught by you, taught by the Lord. The Lord will teach them. Wait a minute, I got to teach them. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather the Lord teach them or you teach them? Yeah, that's pretty simple, right? The Lord teaches them. How? How does the Lord teach them? Doesn't matter. What does the word say? The Lord will send people into their lives. The Lord will open up their eyes to people that will speak truth into their lives. It's not for you to worry about. It's for you to speak out by faith. I'm really going to need that beach ball. <laughs> oh, oh, and great shall be the peace of your children. Anybody want? I played professional kickball at one point in my life. Anybody, anybody want peace for their children? Peace, shalom, peace for their children. Anybody want that? Look, not just peace. What does it say? Great peace. Anybody want great peace for their children? Look, this is how it happens. In righteousness you shall be established. When you're established in his righteousness for you, your children will be taught by the Lord and great shall be their peace. Isn't that beautiful? Stop trying to establish your own righteousness. 
when you are established, that means you're firmly planted in his righteousness. Your children will be blessed and the peace upon them will be great. Great. Some of y'all are like, man, I just want my children. I want the best for them. God wants them to have great peace in their life. God wants to bless them beyond measure. How's that happen? When you stop being religious, when you start resting, tell your kids about their, don't speak to your kids' sin, speak to your kids about their Savior. Tell them who they are. So you're acting like this, but let me just tell you, you're a prince. The Bible calls you a prince. I did that to a cat that was smoking one day. I just knew him from youth back in the day. And I went up to him and said, hey, what's up, prince? Mighty man of God. I was speaking life into him as he's token on that cigarette. I'm not telling him to stop smoking. I'm telling him who he is. See, there's a difference between condemning someone for their sin and reminding them who they are. Whoo! In righteousness you shall be established. Oh, check this out. I want you to look at the word shalom. Shalom. Completeness. Soundness. Welfare. Peace. Oh, safety. Look at that. Safety in your body. Health. Oh, there's that P word, prosperity. Religious people, when they hear prosperity, they think money. Oh, he's going to tell everybody he's going to be rich. I know. God says, I wish that you would prosper. 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 It has nothing to do with money. If you're thinking money all the time, you got a problem. It ain't about money. But look at that. That's, that's the blessing for your children right there. Who wants all those things for their children? I want those things not just for my children, your children, their children. I want that to happen to everybody. How's that happen? Establish them in righteousness. Tell them about God's righteousness for them. Amen? Amen. All right. In righteousness you shall be established. Oh, check this out. You shall be far from oppression. Anybody ever feel oppressed? You feel oppressed by your boss? You feel oppressed by a politician? You feel oppressed by a family member? Let me tell you something. It's not for you. You should be far from it. Far from it. Why? Because you're established in righteousness. You know who you are. For you shall not fear. Anybody fear? I told you about the airplane. You, people get afraid on the airplane all the time and say, don't be afraid. I'm on the plane. You should walk onto the plane. Let everybody get on first. You walk on. Say, hey, to the stewardess. Say, hey, let me hold that mic. Hey, don't be afraid. <laughs> Brother Toy's here. We're going to take off safely. We're going to land safely. You know why? Because the Lord's with me. Now, people will throw me off. But in the spiritual realm, some people will get it. They'll be like, yeah, I'm sitting next to that cat. Amen? Ain't about me. It's got to know who you are, whose you are. Fear. Fear is not for you. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Power. Love and a sound mind. Amen? And far from, and from terror. Terror. People are afraid about stuff, man. All this terrorism stuff going on. It's not for you. I'm not going to go to a football game because they might blow it up. Man, that is the, that's fear of terror. It's not for you, Christian. You walk into that football field like you own it. Not like the Seminoles walked into a football field this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's fear. <laughs> Where's the wind? Dang, I don't. I can't believe. Isaiah fifty-four seventeen. No weapon. No weapon. Say no weapon. No weapon. 
No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know what that means? That means you will prosper. No weapon formed. Now, it doesn't say no weapon won't be formed. There'll be weapons formed, but they won't prosper in your life. They won't have any power in your life because you know who your righteousness is. That's the bottom line right there. No weapon shall prosper, shall, shall ever prosper in your life because you know who you are. Now, if you think that you're still trying to, trying to please God by keeping the law, weapons will prosper in your life because you're under condemnation. But when you're free, no weapon formed against you. There will be weapons formed against you. They will not prosper. Will not prosper. Chanel has that on your office wall. That's something we need to know every day. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me. It's not yours. It's from Jesus. Church, just accept it. How hard is it to say, thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know what's hard about it? Pride, religion. You, you got to do some stuff in order to be righteous. You can't just boldly say, thank you, Jesus, for making me righteous. No, I can't because it's from him. I tried to earn. Has anybody tried to earn their own righteousness? It is exhausting. God never meant for it to be that way. God never, ever, never, ever, never, never, ever, never, ever meant to be that way. Whew. Romans 10, this is it, we're finishing up. Romans 10, we know Romans 10 is about how you become a, a believer. You confess Jesus with your mouth, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you will be saved, right? But let's read it in context. This is going to open your mind, church. This is going to blow your mind, but it's going to be a good feeling. I promise you. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Paul's like, man, I want Israel to be saved. I want other churches to see this. I want them to be set free. I have no doubt that they're saved, but they're living a saved life in bondage. I want people to be set free, right? For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. There's a lot of Jews back then, today still, a lot of churches today, pastors, that have a zeal for God. A zeal, they're, excited, they're just ready to go for God. They're going to hammer everybody. They're going to slap 600 people to get to one person because they have a zeal for God. Well, but not according to knowledge. They're fired up about God, but it's not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of, say it, church. They're ignorant of God's righteousness. You brought it back. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. The more you keep trying to submit your own righteousness to God, you're not submitting to his. Isn't that amazing? I missed that for like 20 years. I'm 21. 20 years I missed that. I was always trying to do things, trying to do things, right? Because I had a dark past, and by God, I was going to make up for him all the way to my death. That sounds like a good life. I'm living to die. Your mouth has the power of life or death. You can speak blessings. You can speak curses. Isn't it amazing? I got a, one of my um, 
devotionals that come to me over my email said that. Said that uh, usually we say when we're trying to say, like, I'm dying for a piece of cake. How come we don't say I'm living for a piece of cake? Right? Kelly, you said, I'm dying for a godly man to come into my life. I'm like, babe, just say you're living for me to come into your life. You know what I'm saying? How do we go there? Let's go back to Scripture. Whenever you get lost, go back to Scripture, right? For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness that have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For, oh, come on, church. For Christ is, not will be, not one day, is, right now, is. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. He's the end of the law for righteousness. Well, just for righteousness. What else is there? You still got to do some stuff. No, you do stuff. I'm going to be over here enjoying life because my Savior came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And since the reason I can have more abundantly is because you're not using yours, so he's just going to give it to me. All right, for Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. There is a righteousness of the law. But we just saw, verse before that, Christ is the end of that, right? The man who does them shall live by them, right? The man who does those things shall live by them, but the righteousness of faith speaks. I love that. Faith speaks. Faith's not looking. Faith speaks. Amen? You start speaking into your children's life. Start speaking. If your husband isn't who you want him to be, start speaking life into him. If he's not acting like a godly man, say, you're a godly man. You're a man of valor. If your wife's acting cray-cray, look. (laughs) Don't say anything. (laughs) Go mow the yard. (laughs) Start, Start speaking life into her. She is a princess. She's dearly loved by God. She's a world changer. You start speaking life, now all of a sudden things start to change. You might actually get what you were trying to get. Which is what? Men's, listen, men sometimes, they're just looking for affection. They're just looking to be built up. That's how we're created. And you can't do it by forcing the woman to do it. Right? The, the whole club on the head thing and dragging them never worked. Some of y'all still in that mentality, man. Got to get up out of there. Whew. All right. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, 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 oh. But the righteousness of faith speaks, right, in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. All right. But what does it say? What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation now in the whole context of what we just read when you confess Jesus what are you confessing about Jesus the whole thing was about righteousness It was about his righteousness. So when you become a believer, and I never saw this until this week. I'm still growing. How many of you guys are glad your pastor is still growing? 
I saw that and I was like, oh. So, so I've been telling people, man, you got to confess Jesus. It's not just confessing Jesus. You're confessing Jesus as your righteousness. That's how you get saved. You're confessing Jesus as your righteousness. You believe is alive today. You are saved. It's as simple as that. You don't need to read no 12-step process book. We don't have no six-week class here because nobody wants to teach it. <laughs> you can do it right where you are. Right where you are, you can do that. All right? Whew, love that, man. Oh, check out this word right here. I love this thing, man. It says to save. So when you think about salvation, some people think that means I'm going to heaven. Well, actually it doesn't. I mean, it's, that's part of it. It means to save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, uh, to save a suffering one uh, from perishing, uh, to make well. Look at that. To heal, to heal, to restore to health. Here, that's just when you get to heaven. No, it's talking about right now. Right now. In the context, Jesus is our righteousness right now. All that belongs to us. Amen? Amen. We done? Oh, uh, oh, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. There it is again, church. If you believe in Jesus as your righteousness, you won't be put to shame. There will be people that come and say, hey, you just can't preach that whole grace thing. You can't just say Jesus is your righteousness because then you have a bunch of lazy Christians. No, it's the exact opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says I will not be put to shame because I believe he's my righteousness. I do more work for the Lord today than I did in all my years at other other churches. You know what? Because I was trying to do it by my works. I was trying to earn righteousness, and I was tired. I do more today, and I'm not tired. Even when I came in with both shangles, I mean, it was hurting. I didn't know what it was. Everything was on fire. And I ain't talking about the good fire, the bad fire. Couldn't put it out. Nurse came in last night at the ER. A young nurse, like, like Megan, came in there. And I'm like, sitting in my gown. She goes, sir, you have the herpes virus. I went, <laughs> my first thought was, how am I going to explain this to Kelly? <laughs> like, something's got to be, something's got to be wrong. She goes, no, it's, it's a strain of the chicken box. I'm like, why didn't you say that? <laughs> how are you going to leave with the whole herpes thing? Why can't you leave with the chicken pot thing? Go back out, come back in, do it again. She put her hand on my knee. She goes, she goes, that's not what I meant. I'm like, I know, but it's, it, the words matter. <laughs> words matter, right? But I was in pain. I, man, I was in pain this morning, last night. And, 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 but I want you to see, look what just being, I knew. I knew if I could just get here. I knew. <laughs> I knew. I knew if I could just get here. That there's nothing I can do. Everything you're seeing is from the Lord. I was asleep before y'all got here over there in that little corner. There's drool. Where he's sitting, he's sitting on my drool. <laughs> Ask Tina, Tina Dennis. I was knocked out. And, and you know why? Because I was sitting in my car. And then I knew if I could come in here, I would rest better. You know why? Because they're singing. And they're singing praises. And I mean, I fell asleep. I was telling them that's the best sleep I had. Or, or that's the best sleep I had in, in, in like two or three days. And I'm telling you guys, it's because I knew if I could just get here, 
that the Lord would use me because I was so weak. And he is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't do it because I'm it's me. He does that for everybody. You have to I made a conscious decision in that corner over there when I was laying down. I was like, I could sleep until uh, after the offering and then I can get ready. But I made a conscious man. I said with my mouth, I said with my mouth, I'm going to receive my healing today. I'm going to receive it. Pastor Dwayne prayed over me already this morning twice. And he did it again during the offering. But I said, you got to make that conscious decision. I'm not going to lay here in this lie. I'm going to rise up and receive what has been bought for me, my healing. Now, I could never say this at some of the other churches I used to go to. Because they'd be like, look, we got to get him out of here. And we ain't having that kind of talk. He's one of those, right? So you know what one of those is? That's people that try to put you to shame. But you can't do it to me. Let somebody come and tell me that what I'm doing is not right. I'm going to be like, look, bro. I'm going to pull it because it's right here. Like, that, like Jesus going to make that work for me. He's going to be like, <laughs> he put it there for a reason. Because I say, look. <laughs> Bob, you know I wouldn't do that. You do know that I would think about doing that, but I wouldn't do that. All right, we're going to finish up. So we're taught in Scripture, hey, if you got some lack, if you got some lack, what do we confess? We confess God's word, right? If you got some lack, you, you confess with your mouth, the, the, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He will supply all of my needs. That's what the Bible says, right? We confess that all the time. If you got some kind of sickness and you need some healing, right, what do you confess? By his stripes, I am healed. He himself bore my sicknesses and diseases. We're taught to confess that. But the moment you have a sin issue, they don't teach you to confess God's word. They teach you to confess God's or your sin. I'm a sinner. God, please forgive me. You're confessing your sin. Well, everywhere else we're taught confess God's word. But when it comes to our sin, we're taught confess your sin. That's a lie, church. You know what you confess when you sin? You confess God's word. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who I am. I am righteous. You want to stop sinning? You want people to stop sinning in your life? Tell them they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If they're a believer and they've walked away, you got a kid that walked away, just tell them, hey, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Remind them who they are. That's right, whose they are. Remind them what's been done for them, man. That's how you get them back. You don't get them back by saying, you're an idiot. <laughs> get your behind out of my house. And there's people that'll do it from up here, man. Like, you can't serve here. You got sin. We better all leave then. <laughs> right? And you notice they don't ever say that before the offering. <laughs> they wait till they get the offering. You can't be here. Well, can I get that back then? <laughs> I'm going to take it to a church that will use it. Amen. <laughs> Are y'all blessed, church? Amen. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Give the Lord a hand. Hey, I want you to know that that, that life feeling you have right now, that has been bought and paid for. And you know why you have it now when you didn't have it maybe when you came in? Because you sat under the word. That's how powerful the word is. You can do that at your own house. Amen. You can just sit there under the word and be transformed right then and there. That's how powerful it is, church. I believe it with all my heart. 
I do. There's times I doubt. There's times I feel like I can't do it. And let me tell you something. That's the best starting point you can have when you realize you can't do it. And, and I just know things are going to go awesomely when, when he's doing it through me. And it's the same for you, church. Be blessed today. Bow your head with me. Just everybody bow your head. Listen, we talked about this thing earlier, Romans 10. If you believe, just with your own mouth, if you say, Jesus is my Savior, that's all you got to do. Just say that. So, hey, corporately with your head still bowed just in case, you don't, the Bible doesn't say you have to come down to the front to do this, by the way. You can do it right where you are, right where you are. So just bow your head and repeat after me. I believe that Jesus is my Savior. He is Lord of my life. He is my righteousness. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. That he is alive today. And so am I. I give you my life, Lord. Do with me as you please. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you said that, if you said that, you're saved right where you are. Notice you didn't have to come down here. We didn't have to play a five-minute song while everybody's hungry and their stomachs are growling to wait, right? Everybody's like, play one more. I feel it. Somebody's out there. I feel it. Play one more. Play one. Everybody's like, dude, shut it down. No one's coming, and it's okay, right? But so if you did that right where you are, you are saved. You are saved because that's all. See, religion jacks it up. Religion jacks it up. God made it simple. He loves you. He made it simple because he knew there would be people like me and Bob. Amen? If we had an elders meeting. They were talking serious down there. They were like, Jay, can you take Troy out back somewhere and just get him out of here? Didn't they, Jay? That, that might even been your idea. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Hey, couple announcements. If you're looking for a church, this is who we are. This is what we believe. This is what you'll hear every Sunday when you come in here. And, and, and it doesn't take anything, nothing, nothing but this little card. That's it. This little card. I don't even know what it says. Uh, did I ever fill one of these out? Am I official? I know it's got something like your social security number, bank account, and all that. Hey, if the, just come down and fill this out. This is who we are. This is what we believe. There's no class. There's no, Man, we always tell people to come in here and rest. Just rest. Rest and receive, and the Lord will tell you what to do. And it might not even be able to do anything in this church. It might be some other church. But when you come in here and rest, you'll know. There's nothing for you to do. It's all been done for you. I'm the one that comes in here and turns the air down for you. I'm just joking. And Bruce turns it up. But this is who we are. If whether it's Pastor Dwayne preaching or me preaching, you're going to get the same kind of message that God loves people, all people. And so if you want to be a part of this church, that's all we ask you to do is come down. You can do it after we dismiss. Um, if, you have, if you accepted Jesus when we just prayed that and you want to talk to me a little bit afterwards, I'll be super happy to call you Monday. I'm joking. I'll meet with you. We can meet out in that room, man. Uh, if you need a prayer request, there's a lot of people in here that are more qualified to pray, or I should say that are qualified to pray because uh, we all had the same blessing upon us. 
there's people that don't even belong in it that belong in this church. There's people that, that are not members of this church that will pray over you. This this building is not the church, it's the people. Amen. And so if you need that, please don't leave without someone speaking life over you, over you. Um, and that's all I got. Pastor Dwayne, you want to come close us out? Thank you, by the way, for obeying the spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, your rich word, Father. We thank you, Father, for just giving us hearts to receive and ears to hear your word. For your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Father, everything that we receive from you, God, we receive by faith. And so, Father, we thank you for your word being poured out on us today. Thank you for reminding us of who we are and whose we are. Thank you for your purpose and your plan for each and every one of us. Thank you for equipping us and strengthening us, Father, with your word today. We ask, God, that as we leave this place, that we go with the word of God in our hearts and in our minds, in every opportunity that you give us, every divine appointment, Father. Lord, we ask you to, to just speak through us. Speak through us, Father, and give us an opportunity to participate in what you're doing as you draw men and women and children to yourself, Father. Thank you for the opportunity to speak your word, to speak life, to speak truth, to declare it, to believe it and stand on it. We know, Father, that your word is true, and we know that your word works for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.